0: You're listening to Create Wealth Through Franchising, and I'm your host, Kim Daly. In my 20 years as a franchise consultant, I've helped hundreds of people achieve their dreams of building and scaling franchise businesses to create wealth. The interview you're about to hear can also be found on my YouTube channel, where I post new franchising content multiple times per week. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and to my YouTube channel at kimdaily.tv. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Daily Coach YouTube channel. Boy, have we got a juicy conversation for you today. So please, before I talk about the topic, let me introduce my great friend, former colleague, (laughs) Eric Van Horn.
1: Kim, it is great to be here. I have so much respect for you, what you do. You've coached me along the way as I was an up and coming consultant. So I have tremendous amount of respect for you and it's great to be here today.
0: Thank you so much. Well, I have invited you into this conversation because I cannot think of a better person to help me. You know, I look at my job as a franchise consultant as a teacher, right? To dispel the myths, to help people open their minds, to challenge their thinking, right? You were a consultant. Um, and so the conversation I wanna have with you is regarding validation, talking to other franchise owners and what should candidates be focused on and and how much information should be enough information?
1: At the end of the day, you validate if what you've been told is true. So that's how I think of it. You, you know, learning all of this, going through all of it, that's really what it comes down to for me. What I want is I want full forensics. I want, like me as being a private equity company, opening up the data room, the vault, so I can see everything, really not have a clue what I'm looking at, but have have access to everything so I can make what I think is a really informed decision. So if you need that type of information, then go buy an existing business and you're still not sure what it's going to look like. Um, The other thing that you can do is start your own company where you don't have any data at all so I see this is a really good mix between starting your own company and you know being that private equity company that is has the forensics of everything and they have a really good understanding of what all those numbers mean because they have a team behind them that's done it a million times so really my mindset um, as a franchisee looking at franchises, buying a second or third or fourth or fifth brand, or my first brand, if that was me, is to know that I'm not going to get as much as I want. And I have to be okay with that because we never get everything that you want. If you always want, every, if, you, if that's your goal to get everything that you want before you make a decision, you're probably not meant to be an entrepreneur and in and so my goal is if i hear something from the franchise or that says the startup costs are going to be x y and z i want to talk to the franchisees and say what your were your expectations going into it were your expectations met and whether whatever that looks like so as long as expectations are getting met that's really what I want to validate i want to validate is what the salesperson saying is it true with the franchisees that's what i want to validate i want to validate um you know it, just everything that i hear everything that i hear throughout the sales process not just numbers we get so numbers focused because we think that's everything it's a lot but it's not everything so validation to me is happy successful franchisees and having a clear understanding of what that looks like some you know in different brands if you're if your thing is to make a lot of money really fast from a cash flow standpoint you know you need to validate that if there if it is to build long term large life-changing wealth then you need to validate that and that's probably two different types of, of models so those are some of my thoughts just you know off the top of my head of a mindset going into it I want I want the world Kim I want I want access to everything but I have to know that at the end of the day this is me I'm betting on myself I'm betting on the the, the franchise that they know what they're doing but I'm betting on myself as the jockey and and a lot of times I've seen um, uh, people not go through the process because they really don't want to bet on themselves and they blame it on the numbers.
0: That is so true. Well, that's, that's really the point that you just made that i I tried to tell people is that you are the single biggest variable in the success of your business. So when you're trying to validate a specific net return, you're taking yourself out of the equation because we we don't know how you're going to show up and how you're going to perform. So when you're talking to all these other franchise owners, the best we can do is understand in their context, with their goals, what they've been able to do with the business. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to equate to what you're going to do. You know, we talk about jumping off the edge of the diving board, taking a leap into the safety net of the franchise. Well. That means, that implies that there's a free fall, like there, there's some amount, there is a safety net, but there's some amount of uncertainty that's going to be there. And people intellectually like know that, but emotionally, I find it very, very hard. And I think that during this pandemic time that we've been living through, where so many people maybe feel so many things are out of control I feel I see this issue coming up more now than like ever before in 19 years, where I have very successful corporate executives who are like missing out on the opportunity. And where this conversation really comes from is I had a franchisor turn a partnership down because they were doing just this, they had validated with more than 10 franchisees, and they still couldn't get the numbers to be satisfactory for them. And this particular franchisor is one of the largest in the world at what they do. And they were like, look, man, like we just don't think that this is necessarily the right place for you because you're trying to do something that's not realistic in our process. But then you know what happened, Eric? They turned it around and said, well, if that's how the franchisor feels, we're glad we, we've we seen their colors now. Like, you know, if they're not in it for our success and they're just in it to meet some timeline, and I'm like, whoa, like you've had more than enough time, you know, and, and ultimately candidates can do whatever they wanna do in whatever time frame they want. I just wanna make it clear as the consultant that it's a mutual evaluation process. You can't know everything and eventually the franchisor can lose hope that you're a good decision maker, right? 100%.
1: I know the brand that you're talking about. Last week, when I was at the Mighty Dog Roofing Discovery Day, so I was at a Mighty Dog Roofing Discovery Day, which is one of our brands, and there I got a phone call and it was me, Josh, and Zach in the truck riding together. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna grab this phone call because he wants to talk about selling his franchise. It's the same franchise or that you were talking about earlier. We're not naming names. And he said, Eric, I got an offer to buy me out at 7X. 7X net profit, 7X EBITDA. And I'm like, that's great. It's the same brand. If they would have talked to this guy, believed in themselves, could make a decision. I mean, think about that. That's amazing. So I I thought you would find that interesting because you and I hadn't talked about it. You didn't know that. And since we're not talking about brands, I can say that. And I think his net profit per store was about uh, 300K per store and 600K Seven X, we're talking millions of dollars. Wow. So anyway, that's the stuff that I get to see. Um, but then going back to Mighty Dog, um, to answer your question, we had a franchise discovery day with with uh, six or seven candidates that showed up, and we tell them before you you're finished with discovery day, you're meeting with us, and it's a are you in or are you out? You're not signing or wire or giving us funds, but are you in or you're out? Because this is it. And, 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 you know, so at the last discovery day, we had three of them that said they're in, one of them said, maybe I saw him at the airport. And he said, and he was talking to another one of the candidates and we were leaving. He was on my same flight. And he said, see you later. I'll see you in June. And I said, I thought you said you weren't sure. And he's like, I'm sure and so he said I'll see you in, in June but it's just funny you know we set the expectation and, and I know that you do too because it's the right thing to do that it's decision time and most people just can't make a decision and this is what I was going to say back to a discovery day a few months ago we had a candidate the consultant he, he was working with sent him to six different discovery days mm-hmm. We were, and it's a re- consultant I actually respect. I have a lot of respect for this person, but this candidate, and we've all done it, right? We're not all perfect with our things, but some of these, you know, it's the one-off for this for this particular consultant, because I have a tremendous amount of respect for him.
0: Yeah, and on, um, my, on my faces, I'll just say, look, we're not judging other consultants, because at the end of the day, the candidates, we, our advice is free. I tell my candidates, look, I'm gonna tell you what I think works best, what I know works best, but ultimately it's your process. And so while we yep. don't recommend, you know, more than one discovery day, because that's not really how discovery day should be used. At the end of the Mm -hmm. day, candidates sometimes go rogue and do what they want to do. But sometimes to me, that's a sign that maybe they're not even suited to be a good franchise owner because they're not even willing to follow my leadership in 19 years of experience. And I mean, owning a franchise and success in a franchise is all about following a leader, you know?
1: so that's anyway, exactly what we thought your so you're 100 percent correct like the, you can't you can't tell them what to do so that's why i said this you know these things happens from time to time but it's not good to do that as a candidate as as you're looking but anyway so he, he was getting ready to attend another discovery day two weeks later so he's very clear to us guys i'm going to another discovery day in two weeks and i'll make my final decision we said to him either you're in with us or And out with the other one so cancel the discovery day pay sign and pay within a week Otherwise, we're not interested because he couldn't if he didn't do that. He wouldn't follow a system blah 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 So that was what we did like we absolutely did that. Not all brands do that, but the best ones do. And you work with a lot of the best brands out there. So you've seen it so many times, but that just, you know, I love putting content out there like this. And this is what I do on my podcast because people hear it here and they're not just hearing it at the end of the decision process when we're like, Hey, you didn't make a decision now. Like, no, this is part of the whole process all along. And if you can't make a decision, I, I tell people too, this is the easiest thing. You say, yes, it's all been fun and games up to this point researching discovery days this that and the other but then all of a sudden write the check sign the agreement start a business that's when it gets real but that's when the decision makers the real entrepreneurs do it and then they then they move forward and then they're they're betting on themselves
0: so okay let's just take that little moment in time so as the candidate I'll I'll play the candidate you pay the franchisor so I'm the candidate who's completed the process and can't make the decision so really What I'm really probably saying is um, I'm either not suited to own a business, and I don't want to man up to that. Like, but um, uh, so I'm gonna say that it's the numbers, or it's the timing, or or a lot of times probably more it's just fear. You know, like saying yes is hard, and that's why. So okay, so let me ask you as the franchisor instead of answering it. Why why is the process designed to complete it and then yes or no?
1: Because it's it's the it's the decision point. It's like you're there. This is the process. We're not gonna, as a franchisor, continue to try to like sell you on something. Like we really do want franchisees that can make decisions because that's the first decision of many that you're going to have to make. You have to make hiring decisions, firing decisions, money decisions. And if you can't make a decision like that, then you're going to make poor decisions or late decisions, or you, know, you just won't make any decisions at all as a business owner. So it's just going to get more difficult from there until it gets really easy and really comfortable. And then that's when it's life-changing. You're like, this is amazing. This is the freedom. This is the thing I was looking for. But it all comes back to the crux of that decision to say, yes and in at least own up to it at least say I can't do this it's me it's this it's that like learn from that versus blaming the numbers blaming this blaming that they didn't do this they didn't do that learn from it learn about yourself and why you said no so you can go fix that or not find yourself in the same position six months later thinking you're going to do the go through the process again with a different brand and then you end up in the same spot
0: oh so true so well said Yeah, exactly. We as the teachers, as the guides in the process, we can set the expectation and the franchisor can set the expectation and the franchisees can set the expectation of what a day in the life looks like and how the numbers are gonna come together. But ultimately, it's always on the candidate to, set their own expectation, to say yes to their own dreams, to man up to the moment at the time that you're ready. And you know, there there's a reason I have a business and the business is to properly prepare people to get to that discovery day so that you're not feeling pressured into a yes, that you feel inspired to the yes. Yep. If you follow my process, there is the discovery day is used as your closing tool it's your event not the franchisor's event don't make it the franchisor's event put it in put yourself in that empowered position where you've done the right things through the daily coach process which is the franchise process that eric knows so that you can then be empowered and inspired to follow through in that moment rather than to have them take it away from you
1: yeah, because they will. The best franchisors will take it away from you. We absolutely would have taken it away from that from that guy because he, if he couldn't make that decision, that was that was the line in the sand for us, and it would have, it would have been over. And the best franchisors do that and along the lines of validation. One of the things that I that I think as one of the things that I tell people, don't believe us. Don't believe the item 19. Half of the item 19s, I don't believe anyway, Kim. So like I throw all of that stuff out there. I throw the item seven, which is the estimated startup cost. I throw the item 19 out because franchisors can slice and dice that any way they want. I love it because it gives you a benchmark, but if they slice and dice it to make it look better than it actually is, and you follow the daily coach like validation way, then, then you're going to uncover that. And that's why you present brands that actually line up to what is presented is actually what is it in reality but if you're out there listening to this and you don't have a clue about any of that don't believe the item 7 don't believe the item 19 use that as a benchmark validate against it and if you're hearing a lot of like yeah that's accurate then that's probably a good thing but that's where I you know that that's what I do I I pretend like I don't know anything and nothing I see is true and then I go and learn the other thing that I do is learn about the industry and in roofing I mean roofing is is not sexy. It's not fun. People have all these misconceptions like I'm going to have to climb on a roof. Well, we at Mighty Dog, we have a drone. So you press go, it measures the roof and it comes back down. So, you know, you're not getting on a roof. We have, you know, we just do so many things for franchisees. So they, we have a recruiting process. Other people say, I don't have I don't, I don't wanna recruit roofers. Well, we have a recruiting person in our office, that's all she does is recruits for our franchisees. And you know this, we're not the only franchisor doing really cool stuff like that because you have a bunch of them that you work with that do really cool stuff that most people don't see. But here's the deal, In when you're thinking about validating A franchise validate the industry as well and i'm hearing this from candidates oh my gosh i i know some people in the roofing industry they one drives a maserati one has three vacation homes and they start looking at the like the results of the industry not just like oh i have to climb on a roof oh i have to do this thing that's not very fun and all of a sudden you know they start to once they really start to validate an industry outside of the franchise that, that's another like key piece of validation that I think is important.
0: Amazing advice, right? Because we're not selling widgets, right? I mean, the other, the other way to look at that is everywhere you look, there's a roof. <laughs> so, yep. you know, and then at some point those roofs need to be repaired or replaced, right? Excellent. Kim, so-
1: that's why people need coaches. That's why people right. need people to understand things. In the even as we are looking at acquiring more brands for horsepower underneath that umbrella, one of the things that we like are we go to our SEO guy and we're like, what are the what are the the, the best leads? He's like, well, you, roofing leads are the most expensive. So are restoration leads, and and so are uh, garage door leads. Those are the worst leads. Like I so I didn't say okay, we don't want that. I said why He like because they're the most expensive and said, why because that's an emergency thing once somebody calls or does something they need a response because they need it they, they need a company right there he's like and they're the most profitable the and and so i'm like that's perfect we want more of those brands so you we all think we know or we hear something from somebody that says oh these leads are bad or this is bad or this isn't very good you need to understand why they say that so you can really make good educated decisions and you can't do that on your own if you don't know anything about franchising yeah
0: that's amazing eric you're so amazing so to wrap this up i want to go back to what you were talking about before with validation i thought of one more thing so when you're validating it, and I agree, like I have a video, I agree with everything you said on item seven and item 19, initial investment and earnings claim, just being numbers on a page. I have an entire video. You can go find it if you're interested in that. My, my viewers on on why you know taking numbers out of an FDD is really the wrong thing to do. And even turning to the FDD too early in the process is a complete waste of time. 100%. And, and you've yes, got yes. to breathe life into those numbers through the people. You're not investing in an FDD. You are investing in a relationship and a relationship is represented by people, the franchisor and then the family that they've built. So all of that is like ah, spot on. So when you're validating to wrap this up, it made me think that, you know, not all franchisees are created equal. You know, and so while the franchisor really is not allowed to steer validation, right? I always encourage my people to steer their own validation, to ask the franchisor before you just start blindly calling franchisees, why not get to the top performing people in the system, the people who at this point in the business's history. Have mastered the model. And I stress that point because a business is not a stagnant thing. Next year, somebody may break loose from the pack and be the new, have a new top, you know, a new um, top number. So, you're validating where the business is today and buying into it for where you think you can take it. Do you agree with that advice and what any other advice as a franchisee and or from the franchisor side you would give regarding, you know, selecting the right kind of people to validate with?
1: I think if we're told to do something it's human nature, we try to do the opposite. And and we and we think like, oh, they're just wanting to talk to (laughs) it. (laughs) yeah so we think if they're just wanting to do something
0: i tell them to do exactly the opposite of what i want yeah. So, Kim, you need to
1: start telling people, just talk to the <laughs> underperformers and then they'll still go talk to the top performers, which is a thing they should be doing first anyway. So the reason I'll say it this way, the reason that I always like to talk to top performers first as somebody looking at franchises is because they gave me they gave me what it's supposed to look like. They gave me what works and what doesn't. And I asked some questions like, why is this working for you? Why would this not work for somebody? So I want first and foremost, you need to know who you're talking to because that that way you know if you don't know who you're talking to you're just putting you're giving the same weight to every person's words and you should not do that if you're talking to a top performer you need to know they're a top performer why they're a top performer what advice they what the things that they've learned the mistakes that they've made and and you can learn the most from the top performers if you want to talk to somebody average then if you want to be average, talk to somebody average, but you, you you need to you need to understand that they're average and you need to ask them questions that kind of probe the averageness in them. So you can understand if, if, it's, if they've got a full-time job, you know, maybe that's why they're average and they're in a system that should not be allowing people with a full-time job and maybe, or they're underperformers and they have a full-time job and nobody else has a full-time job in there, then it's a, probably a, you need to be the business owner that's active in the business type franchise versus an absentee, semi-absentee type business. So you need to find out why. Why are the top performers the top? Why are the average the average? And why are the bottom the bottom? Don't try to talk to the bottom performer to build a pro forma. I mean, that's like, you know, you you just don't do that. So, you know, I I heard this advice many years ago, you know, do you see yourself being an underperformer, average, or a top performer? Everybody says a top performer because that's why they're doing it. Then you need to validate with the top performers, see why they're top performers, see if you resonate with them, learn from them, because those guys are gonna be your friends, those guys are gonna be your peers, not everybody else. So I'd like to start with the top performers, do a little bit of dabbling in the bottom to middle performers just to understand why, to make sure that there's nothing that I am missing, confirm there's nothing that I'm missing, see myself as a top performer, I'm, I'm good to go.
0: Amazing, wise advice. So, you know, to my listeners, you know, if you followed my story, you know that I share my story of how I was an average performing consultant for the first eight years at Franchise, And then I did a few things that really, you know, launched me into the stratosphere and made me one of the top performers in the country in my industry. So I was the same person. I know what I was doing then, really what I wasn't doing, and then what I started doing and I saw the difference. And so let's thank our guest today, Eric Van Horn, my great friend, I love you and I appreciate you so much.
1: Kim, this has been a lot of fun. I, like I said earlier, I love the content you put out. I love who you are. I know you care about your people. That's first and foremost, a lot of, there's a lot of uh, uh, people that are, don't have as much care and handholding uh, and, and thought throughout the process as you do. I can think of two consultants in the entire world that are above and beyond all the rest, and you're one of them. Wow. I appreciate uh, just everything that you've done to help me along my journey, and thanks for inviting me on. Yeah.
0: If you found this inspiring, please contact me at inquire at kimdaily.tv. My consulting services are totally free to you. Again, that email is inquire at kimdaily.tv. I can't wait to hear from you.